my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host, I'm very good friend, he's Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to all listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, this is your pick, and you've gone for a movie I've never seen until a few days ago. It's from 1986. It stars Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, and John Getz, and it's called The Fly. So, as I've never seen it, Dave, give us some background on where you first saw this. (laughs) Well, there there are two things that made me think about this movie. So... One is Tony's story about basically having ADHD and uh, he didn't sleep as a child, so his parents just shoved him in his room with a a black and white TV. And and also Scott and Julian covered the the 1958 fly, because this is a kind of remake, but not loosely based on that 1958 film. And I, too, had a little black and white TV, you know, when I was probably, I don't know, nine ten or something like that and you know late at night it wasn't like the uh the channel five stuff that you got years later it was you know old 50s sci-fi sort of movies that you ended up watching and stuff like that so the original 1958 fly was something that you know i held quite dearly and there's the iconic scene there if people have watched it you know it's it's a bit more Black and white, no pun intended, but basically he goes in and there's a fly that transports with him and then the fly's head is just on this bloke and he's got a fly's arm as well. And then the last haunting bit, you've got the guy's head and he's caught in a spider. He's on a fly, but he's caught in a spider's web and you just got this little voice that's like, help me, help me. It's really iconic. I'll try and dig it out on uh, on YouTube. But so so when this was announced, you know, and I found out about this remake, I was really excited about it because I'd already, you know, watched this original one and quite liked it. But when I watched the remake, you know, again on videos, probably eight seven or eighty eight something, I was like. Holy fucking shit balls! What's this? <laughs> you know, the black and white one's fairly inoffensive. You know, it's a little bit, you know, Twilight Zone-ish. You know, the effects aren't too bad. Whereas this is full-on body horror, and I just remember it was one of those that, even though it, I wouldn't say it scared you, but it, it kind of haunted you. And uh, just remember talking to mates about it and stuff, you know, it was a bit of a favourite of ours. And we, we'd discuss all these different scenes and, you know, it'd be like, oh, yeah, when he opened the, the door, you know, the cabinet, like, he's got his knob there. And I'm like, fuck off. No, he doesn't. <laughs> you know, and it, it was never, never proven because the, the quality, you know, that you had back then is not like it is now, where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's his knob. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I used to love this one, Chris. Watch this over and over again, you know, had it recorded, and, uh, yeah, absolutely loved it, Chris. 
<laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> I've got a good feeling about this. <laughs> no, so so I remember the, the the VHS cover more than anything, Dave. And I remember thinking, I'm not watching this at all. I don't know why, but it always reminded, reminded me. It's in different films, but the similar sort of VHS cover and style of, of Alien or Aliens, whichever yeah. one it is. It's but, the green, isn't it? Yeah, the green and everything. And I remember it was Jeff Goldblum, but I have no idea. The main positive from this for me, Dave, was the fact that I run it 96 minutes. That was a godsend <laughs> when I put it on. So, um, <laughs> and it is available on Disney Plus, everyone. So well, we haven't given it the VHS curse because I was listening back, Dave, to um, <laughs> Kane Square, whatever it's called, the other week. And it was like, I were talking about the famous curse where it gets taken off. Prime done it, you know. So well, I messaged you, didn't I? Because I literally I went straight to Amazon Prime because I I'd forgot it was on Disney Plus, and then went to Amazon Prime. And I'm like, fucking hell! <laughs> it's obviously <laughs> come off already, but no, no, it it never was. It, it was on Disney Plus. So yeah, I thought we'd done it again. Interesting that it's on Disney though, Dave. Because I've got plenty to say about this movie. <laughs> well, Chris, should we get into our trailer? Let's go. I think you're making a mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I had them analyzed. But they were definitely not human. If you saw how scared and angry and desperate he is... I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person, too, when you saw her socially. No! You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. Oh, no. What's happening to me? Am I dying? I want to know what's going on. What does the disease want? What's to turn me into something else? Oh, no. A fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. It could be contagious. Uh, I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Eccentric scientist Seth Brundle meets science journalist Veronica Ronnie Quaife at a Meet the Press event held at Bartok Science Industries, the company funding his work. He takes her back to the laboratory of his warehouse home and asks her to exclusively document his invention, two pods that can teleport objects between them. While the telepods can transport inanimate objects perfectly, they are unable to teleport live tissue, as demonstrated when a baboon is turned inside out after being teleported. Now, Chris, 
What do you reckon to the opening of this movie? <laughs> well, I praised before the trailer the 96-minute running time, but I think there is massive holes in this movie. I think that these all sorts, it just it goes, goes along far too quickly. It goes along quickly for me because I fucking hated it, but it goes along with loads of different things. I mean, Gina Davis is so trusting of this guy, ready to just drop a knicker straight away, Dave. Unbelievable. Jeff Goldblum. Hey, don't be slut-shaming now. No, 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 I'm not. Well, I, I've got to say, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's in good shape for in this movie, definitely. But uh, I just found it shit. I just don't like these sort of movies. I, I, I don't know what to expect. I kept. I remember seeing the transformation slightly of his character on a trailer years ago or something like that, and I thought, yep, that's not for me. But I just think <laughs> I didn't like it at all. This is not for me, and I, I will never watch this fucking thing ever again, if I'm being honest. Chris, this is a body horror classic. Now, I'm a bit of a shithouse like you as well. I don't particularly like horror, but there's something about this that is just incredibly tragic. I mean, yeah, there are holes. Um, so the fact that, you know, he's secretive, you know, he's this scientist, but he wants to take a journalist back and shows him <laughs> everything. And uh, he's like, no, no, you can't write about that. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, I'm a journalist. You did bring me back to your lab. Um, but that was all That was all fine. I think this is one of Jeff Goldblum's best performances ever. Better than Independence Day. Better than Jurassic Park. I think... Jeff Goldblum as Seth Brundle is brilliant. The way he kind of plays that eccentric kind of scientist. I'm sure that he got the Jurassic Park gig based on this. I know he's a mathematician in Jurassic Park, but essentially still that kind of slightly rock star scientist kind of thing. And, uh, you know, he is quirky and... You know, you've got Gina Davis playing Veronica there. I think they've got great chemistry on screen. And, you know, they hit it off super quick, as they do in these movies. They they always do across all of them. It's just you kind of forget. You know, when you, it's only when you go back and watch them and go like, oh, Christ, that all happened quite quickly. And then you've got this weird triangle as well, haven't you? You've got Stathis, you know, who seems to be her boss slash ex-boyfriend. And again, it's one of those 80s things where it's like, oh, yeah, I was at college and he was a professor or something. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's just perfectly fine. You know, and he just decides to take a shower in a fucking apartment and stuff. You know, it, it, there, is, there are some weird things. But I like the way their relationship develops. And Chris, when it all starts going wrong, it's so fucking sad and tragic the way it unfolds. It, I've got to say, actually, Stasis, or whatever he's called, Stathis. Stathis. Stathis, him as well. When, Gene, when Veronica comes back to the flat and he's having a shower, and he's like, yeah, I've got a key, and he's dead fucking creepy and pushy, and he's really jealous of this Seth guy, even though he's obviously treated her like shit, and she doesn't really react. She's like, oh, you know, pushes the toilet sort of thing. It's like, come on, leave it now. And obviously, Seth has gone through the teleporting thing, and he's like a fucking genetic jackhammer day. Fuck me, is he going <laughs> he's, for some time? He's, he's quite, quite ripped, isn't he, there? Yeah, he's quite ripped, but, he, but I, mean, I don't mean genetic jackhammer for that, Dave. I mean, <laughs> he, he's, he's hammering um, something for quite a long time by the looks of it in the film, but he's quite graphic. 
that you know the sex scenes in that there's, there's, mm. there's quite a few bits in it but the one bit that got me and I'm fucking crying now like I say Jeff Goldblum he's obviously about the same height as me probably 6'2 six, 6'3 six, very slim though looks the part he looks like a proper athlete doesn't he you know like he looks really good you can see he's he's, he's got in shape for this movie if, unless he only was in shape but he looks good he's just young isn't he he's just you, yeah. you know young and wiry kind of yeah. thing he does look very good he does look good but it's when he starts going around the fucking apartment. And for some reason in his apartment, he's got a full fucking gym set up, Dave, like he's, he's training for the Olympics. <laughs> and he's doing the fucking bars. And that's clearly not him. And he's doing all these moves because the guy's body is just a little bit more ripped than his. But it looks, you know, because they're trying to get that bouffant haircut he's got on that. And he's doing all these moves. He's dead aggressive. And he has his character changes and, he's, and mm. his appearance is changing. He's really aggressive. But I've got to say, Dave, I must admit, when he pulls the, the woman in the bar, I reckon young Chris may have enjoyed some of them. <laughs> I did remember that quite well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's covered in freckles, wasn't she? But she was rather cute, Dave. It was a bit She cute, was. Cute and I, I, I just remember when he demonstrates going from one pod to the other, and she's just casually there, you know, she's got no kind of top on and she's got yeah. a coat on and stuff and, and just in a knickers kind of thing. I might have remembered that quite well, Chris, from when I was yeah. younger and he just kind of basically just mounts her, you know, because he, he's gone all uh, Kal-El from Superman 2, hasn't he? He's basically evil Superman after a bit because he's gone through, he's, he's merged with the flying at first it looks like it's had this massive positive effect and he thinks that, you know, it's purified him. That was his, you know, hypothesis. That's that's what he thought. But then he starts, you know, becoming dark Superman and fucking going all evil and shit, you know. And he say he pulls that girl, but, I mean, he pulls her by snapping her boyfriend's arm in half. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, the there's nothing fucking sexier than that, is there? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Hawk would have had a chance. I'm going to just correct you, Dave. You cannot actually blaspheme Superman 2 because it's Superman 3 when he goes bad. Do not ever say that about a favourite movie. Sorry, you know what? I'm thinking of the, the loss of the powers. I'm thinking of the, you know, when he loses his powers for five minutes. Yeah, but you're right, you're right. It's, it's uh, Superman 3 when he goes bad, isn't it? Oh, we've all tried flicking the peanuts. Uh, it's not a euphemism, but... <laughs> <laughs> we all tried singing on our 50th episode of Comics Emotions, yeah. Superman 3, let's be honest. <laughs> classic, classic. But, um, yeah, I mean, at this point, he's turned into a massive fucking dick, hasn't he? And, and the fact that Veronica even wants to speak to him after he's treated her like shit is a bit of a stretch, isn't it? You know, it's, it, he's an utter dick to her. You know, he's thrown her out because he, he's basically tried to force her to go into the um, into the teleporter, teleport pod. Um, she won't do it, but then, you know, he's like, well, fuck off kind of thing. And then he's gone to pull this other girl and, you know, she's kind of run off. But then, you know, things start to ramp up a bit, don't they? You know, you, and you, I think the makeup, I actually do think... Uh, it won an award uh, for makeup, I think. Uh, just bear with me. Yeah, won the Academy Award for best makeup, and it was so good because when when we first first meet Seth, and he's that kind of you know 
quirky scientist and he, he's just chatting to Veronica. You can see Jeff Goldblum's got his, you know, nice clean skin and stuff. But even before he goes full on bad, you can see the, the his skin, you know, it's all kind of deteriorating and it's only really after he shooed off um, Veronica and also you know, the girl that he's pulled, he starts to, like, look in the mirror and starts to, you know, pull off his fingernails and stuff. And, uh, you know, he, he starts to notice these things. But I think it's a really cool visual transformation that he's going through there. Yeah, I think I give credit on that, actually, because I remember when I was, I was like, oh, what's happened to his face? And it seemed to be, you're right, that whole it's a good um, spot, that Superman 3, because he literally, once he sort of cops off with that girl after he's snapped that guy's arm, then he, he, that's when his appearance starts changing, doesn't it? Like mm. he's, he's taking hold of him. He's, he's not thinking, is he? And, and everything he does is so irrational. And obviously, Gina Davis, Veronica walks in, doesn't she, as he's with this girl and everything, and he's very blasé about it. But, yeah, it, it spirals from... A, I, think, I think it's quite, it's quite interesting because I, I think it gets going properly about 45 minutes in. But I, look, Dave, I hated these sort of movies. I really do <laughs> fucking hate them. Like, I was, I, I don't know what I expected. I was expecting him to become an absolute bastard and just start wantingly killing people. And that doesn't really happen, does it, in the movie? There's only that, you know what I mean? Only at the end, really. But... I, I think you've missed the point. It's, it's a tragedy, really. I mean, the first, you know, half hour or so is all about this love story. You know, he just happens to be this scientist, but they're, they're young, they're in love. We see a bit of uh, slap and tickle. You know, they're enjoying each other mm -hmm. very much so. And, um, you know, I'm sure there were other scenes as well. I think Disney Plus might have cut a few things out of there. I seem to remember some other scenes. But, um, you know, they, they're in love. They're young. They've got, you know, all this stuff going on. And, you know, early in their careers, they're in their... 20s and whatever life's fucking great and then you know just this chance mishap this fucking fly just you know going into the teleportation thing and and you know he's transforming there was a lot of speculation because this was you know 86 87 there was a lot of speculation it was about aids you know it's like a, a parallel to that but Cro david cronenberg you know, who directed it said oh, that it wasn't, you know, but you could see that if you were affected, it was more like just about changes and disease and old age and things. That's what was kind of in his mind with this, you know, and the whole rewrite and what have you. But um, no, I think when she, when Veronica leaves him and then comes back, you know, that's when you get a ramp up, don't you? You know, we, there's several different stages where we see Seth and he's just got worse and worse. And we almost see it from Veronica's perspective. You know, we don't see him changing scene to scene as such, you know, times moved on. And the next time she sees him, he's massively deteriorated. You know, he sort of pops his head around the corner, but he looks really bad. <laughs> it's really escalated quite a lot. You know, you can tell all the makeup is on there and stuff. And, you know, he's been isolated for such a long time. I've no idea how he uh, gets his shopping in or whatever. But then, again, an iconic bit for me, Chris, is when he starts to eat. And again, he's been isolated. He's been on his own. He's, he's forgotten pretty much 
like normal human things, etiquette and everything, and you just get that donut or whatever and just pukes up on it. <laughs> and it's only because of her reaction. He's like, oh, that's disgusting. He, he remembers. He's like, oh, shit, I've been doing that for ages, but you know, I completely forgot. It's, it's a bit weird for anyone else. You know, and then you learn that, you know, flies can eat this stuff, but, you know, they can't digest it properly, so they have to puke up on their food before they eat it. I thought, I, th- I think all of that was just really well put together. And again, you, you see this evolution, but then it gets, it gets worse, doesn't it, when she finds out she's pregnant? Oh, and that bit where she's, she thinks she's having the baby. Yeah, she gives fucking birth to like what is it an ant? Fucking massive maggot, isn't it? Maggot or whatever it is, and I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? You know, it reminds me of um, Hellraiser, the effects and everything. You know, just that like reversing bit where basically he just wants to get his fucking end away, and then his <laughs> his body just goes back to normal, doesn't it? You know, he, he changes mm. completely, but the the, the effects on like. The prosthetics, the, the way it works and everything, the way that the changing of it. And that bit, I was like, holy shit, this has got to be a dream. Please be it. And it was a dream. But it, it, <laughs> for a second, I was like, well, this is a quick fucking birth. She was only pregnant the other day. And that staffist <laughs> guy was fucking fuming, wasn't he? But yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he wanted to get rid of it. Then he's like, you know what? We've heard saying, like, you've got to get rid of it. We've got to get rid of it. It was very uh, bizarre, all that. But he was just a creep anyway, Dave. Like, you, you obviously knew that there was somebody in this movie was going to take one for the team. And he was the, he was the one. They always have to have someone who plays against like the lead character, don't you? And he was a wanker. Yeah, and I think the, the main thing in the writer's mind, I think, is it's all about Seth and Veronica. That, that's it. It's, that's the whole story, really. And Stannis is... is sorry, Stathis. is not Stannis Baratheon from Game of Thrones. I was Thrones. just thinking that. <laughs> He is whatever he needs to be to be that third wheel. Because when we first meet him, he's an utter douchebag ex-boyfriend slash boss. You know, again, he's he's sort of playing two roles there. But even when, you know, it's like he's just pressuring Veronica. And he's like, well, you know, we don't have to go out. Can we just fuck then? How about that? (laughs) He's just a bit of a slimy fucker. And, you know, like I say, the backstory was apparently he was a, a college professor or lecturer or something. So you think, oh, what a fucking douchebag. But when he finds out Veronica is pregnant, suddenly he becomes, like, supportive friend. Yeah. Out of nowhere. It's like, all right, maybe I can, maybe I can kind of go with that. But then obviously when Seth does find out that she's pregnant because she goes to see him, doesn't she? And, you know, he's, uh, he's got almost as bad as it's going to get. You know, he looks like fucking, I don't know what, but nothing like original Jeff Goldblum that, that we met in that first scene. And he says, you know, you shouldn't come back. But of course he overhears about the baby and, and she's just seen Seth looking like shit. And she's like, get it out of me kind of thing. Like say, Staff is massively supportive and whatever, but then Seth goes and uh, Seth goes and kidnaps her. Then Stathis becomes fucking John Matrix or something. Yeah, well, shit, John Matrix. Yeah. But 
It's a great analogy, that thing. That goes, gets his guns and stuff, right. We're going to fucking go on for this. And then, you know, again, I just think the the effects were brilliant where, you know, they set it up so well. You know, we'd seen Seth puke up over his donuts and that, that, you know, he'd explain that he needs to do that so he can digest the food and stuff. So then just pukes up on his hand, and I remember it so vividly, just seeing his flesh dissolve away there, and like the bones dissolve away and stuff. I thought it looked fantastic. Even now, I thought it looked really good. <laughs> Have you got anything else? Or are you just going to go, no, this is shit. I watched it on my phone while I was fucking in the gym. No, I didn't. I, didn't. I, watched, it. I watched it on my telly. I, I genuinely watched it. I didn't... I, because Disney, you can't fast forward it, which you wish they could. No, so, so I thought that was really interesting at the end because when his face is like just melting and it's like slabs of steak on the floor, I was kind of impressed with that. I'll give you that, Dave. Because I kept thinking, when's he going to turn into a fly? Because mm. obviously he'd used these like acid breath on staff based, didn't he? And melted his arm and everything. And then he and was, his leg. And his leg, yeah. And he, he, he'd fucked him up completely. And then. Staffish looked like he was dead, but then Veronica sort of goes, no. And obviously the fly can still hear her and he's massive, isn't he? And he's still saving because mm. I did feel for Veronica. She was a bit where she hugged him before he became the, the mm. and he was all slimy and minging. And I was like, oh, no, forget that. I know you love him, <laughs> but just fucking let him melt in the corner. So I get, <laughs> I get it. Right? I do get it. And I understand why you like it because it's just a, a very strange film. But for me, Seeing it all these years, like, was it 36 years later, Dave? It's just completely passed me by, and I don't like this genre. So I, I did genuinely watch it on my telly. I didn't fucking <laughs> mobile phone it in the gym. I know you think I did, but I didn't. I didn't. I just, it's just, I, I think, I think Gina Davis is okay in it. I do think Jeff Goldblum is the star for obvious reasons. And I think you're probably right. He probably did get Jurassic Park off the back of this, what, four or five years later, because... He has got that eccentric tone, which, to be fair, has followed him through on most mm. of his biggest movies since, hasn't it? Like, say, Independence Day, things like that. He's never he's never changed what he does. Some would say, if I'm being a shit on Harrison Ford, he's a one-dimensional actor. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you can't say. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, he's royalty. Dave, Dave <laughs> listen, I'm doing an impression of him now. He's just got well... What do you think about this? And then like, you get the Jurassic Park what shit. Was he I don't John know. Wayne? <laughs> I did not have yeah, sexual relations at that moment. Oh, he's Bill Clinton now. Bill Clinton now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's the same thing. That's sort of like, well, you know. And it's just like, he's dead, he speaks, he's like very drones and, and everything. I'm not slacking him off because it's not Harrison Ford. He's not as shit as him, <laughs> but he has done the same stuff every movie. You know, my favourite, though, is my favourite meme is from Jurassic Park with Jeff Goldblum where he's got his shirt off and he's breathing heavily and you've got, what's his name? Uh, Sam Neill, like, listening on his belly. Have you seen that one? No, I've not seen that one. <laughs> not? No. <laughs> have to dig that one out they've obviously spliced because there's a minute there's a bit where sam neil is listening to is it stegosaurus or something or triceratops he's listening to the stomach isn't he and he's kind of going back and forth 
Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know what you because I thought you meant the bit when he's actually lay on the bed and he's he's, he's well he's on that like gurney thing, isn't he? Uh, Ian, when he gets injured and he's got his top open because he's still in good shape in Jurassic Park, isn't he? he oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Let me let me share my screen. <laughs> Can you see it? Oh, yeah, that's the bit I remember. I've never seen that with him on his <laughs> <That'd be not. laughs> you know? it's brilliant, isn't it? It's like a it's fucking coming. porno, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that ever. <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear. <laughs> I can't class. believe you've not seen that. You've never seen them all. I send them all, don't you? Maybe it's know. a bit fucking tame for you. <laughs> my reputation precedes me if you don't mind but um yeah again I, I think you need to look at this through the kind of lens of it's a you know it's a love story tragedy you know because again seth is kind of taken over by the fly he does that whole speech about you know, have you heard, ever heard of insect politics? Well, no, because there aren't insect politicians because they're absolutely brutal. You know, so you've still got a little bit of Seth there, but he is turning into the fly. You know, he's, he knows he's going to become more and more brutal. That's kind of why he was on that path to being a real dick. And um, when it's clear that she's going to get rid of the baby... I don't exactly know why he wants to do it, but he wants to merge everyone. You know, he wants to get uh, the baby, you know, her, himself, the fly, all to just merge together in this big fucking goop, presumably. Because <laughs> initially he was thinking about, you know, maybe he could purify himself if he had a, a host to get rid of the fly bits. But, you know, then he started to talk about, you know, Brundlefly and baby Brundlefly and whatever. It all got a bit weird. But when it goes a bit wrong and then, you know, the fly's gone into the one pod and then, you know, because uh, Stathis, you know, he, he does save the day a little bit, doesn't he? At least it's an assist, let's call it that, you know. So it was Veronica really who saved the day. But, you know, he got an assist in there, Stathis. And... So you get the trans uh, transporting, and then you know he's kind of coming out of the the pod, and he's kind of merged with a bit of the other pod. You know, again, logic falls down a bit, but then he's almost you know he looks like a bloody fly. He's got the puppeteers and everyone everything working, but I think at that point he's realised you know he's fucked, and he's just like he takes the gun. And he just lifts it up to his head, just like, kill me. And she can't do it. And I think, again, Gina Davis's performance there, how does your heart not break looking at that scene? And she eventually, you know, she comes to terms with it, comes to terms with it, and then blows his fucking brains out. <laughs> <laughs> she's not sure at first, and then she's like, <laughs> boom. Again, I just thought it was a real emotional pull, drag, something, you know, pulls on the heartstrings. Some words, rearrange those into a, yeah. something that makes sense. <laughs> I must admit, I think when, when she pulled his jaw off, I was like, oh, oh fuck, fuck me. Yeah. fucking minging, wasn't it? But, uh, I mean, there is a sequel in the day, I take it. There is. I've, I've never seen it. I don't know if I ever will, <laughs> unless I'm forced to. But for me, you can't really improve on this. I, I think for what it is, 
you know, and I know it's not obviously in your genre of films, but if you were to take the essence of the story, I don't know how you improve on it because you've got all the practical effects. You know, I don't think CGI helps this. No. So uh, do you recreate the same experiment? I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, I think it's just probably because, you know, the first one was so successful. I think it, you know, it's probably Cronenberg's most successful. I mean, budget was about nine to 15 million, apparently, and it made 60 million at the box office, which for a movie like this, a body horror movie like this, that is not bad at all. Yeah, that's not bad at all. And, and I was reading before, Mel Brooks, it's his company, isn't it? But he didn't want his name on the credits because people yeah. thought it's a comedy. So that's interesting. Yeah. And it's a fair point. I mean, you've got to say, is that humility or is it just the reality? Uh, the reality is people will go in thinking it's fucking space balls or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And they're like, bring the kids along and stuff. Come on, it's a new comedy. Call the fly, it'll be hilarious. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's running out screaming. <laughs> but no, I, I, like I say, I, I know obviously this is part of our Halloween uh, run of movies, isn't it? So uh, I, I don't think this one is too scary. It's, there's no jump scares at all. It's just, for me at least, I, it, it takes me back to that time where, you know, I did find it quite haunting. But part of the thing of making it haunting is that you care about the relationship, or I do. I don't think you do. But yeah. because I think if you cared about the relationship, I think it would resonate a lot more. It's interesting that you you see it as like a love story because for me I was just like oh god what is this but and it's I suppose you're right I suppose it is that but it's just it's an interesting movie to just come up with an idea of I know these like say it's Lucy plays something the fifties film and stuff but like, and I think that fifties the fifty eight film was based on a short story from before yeah so yeah, yeah. A, a little bit of a Twilight Zone type short story I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Look, I didn't enjoy it. However, I can respect why you like it, Dave, completely. That is probably as good as I'm going to get. So, Chris, (laughs) why don't we get into our final review? Let's go. Thank you for showing us this, Dave. It's another one off my I'm not watching this, I'm scared shitless VHS <laughs> covers from the 80s and early 90s. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I honestly didn't. I obviously I understood Jeff Goldblum was the fly, but I did think it was sort of like he gets transformed within the first 20 minutes and then he just goes on a fucking rampage or something. I just I didn't know what to expect at all. It wasn't that type of movie at all. It was more psychological than anything. Like you said, there's a little mm. story there. I get it, and I understand why you think it. For me, it's just not a movie I like. I really fucking hate these sort of movies. And and it's good because I can tick it off the list. And I go, yep, yeah, I've watched The Fly. Because it's one of the movies when people have said, like, it's a horror. No. Have you seen The Fly? No. No. Why? Well, you've got to watch, you know, like that sort of movie. So I, I've done it now, and I've watched it. So for me, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen because we know what the fucking worst film ever is, and we're not going to mention it. So it's going to go to Elm Street, I think, Dave. 
it's there. I could watch it again if you put your, my arm up the back, but that's about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the best you're going to get. What about yourself? I, 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 I'll take that. I thought it was going a bit lower than that, so not too bad. Um, for me, I haven't seen this for years and years, but putting it on again just took me right back to those late 80s times when, like I say, I used to watch this over and over, discuss it with my mates and everything. And, yeah, I don't know why I liked it. You know, and again, I I guess, you know, I was kind of going from my single digits into double digits. And so, you know, it was the kind of, it was a horror movie, but one that didn't have me curled up in the corner fucking shitting myself. So it was like... It felt like a coming-of-age horror movie, you know, one that I could handle um, and wouldn't, you know, give me horrendous nightmares like fucking Nightmare on Elm Street kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love going back and watching this. And, uh, you know, again, I, I'd ne- I didn't think going into this that I would come away thinking, oh, right, it's, it's a tragic love story kind of thing, but... That is the the sense that I've come away with, you know. Obviously, when I was a kid, it was more about, you know, the gruesomeness, the, the changing into the fly. And some of that stuff is great. Like I say, I think the effects are fantastic. The fact that it won an, an Academy Award for it. Um, it was nominated for a BAFTA as well for Best Makeup and Hair. I reckon that was just for Jeff Goldblum's hair. Never mind, you know, the fly or anything. Um Saturn Awards, so it got Best Actor for Jeff Goldblum, uh, Best Makeup, and also Best Horror Film as well. So this, for me, is a real classic. Now, I'm not going to say it's the best kind of horror movie that I've ever watched, best movie I've ever watched, but really up there. And I'd suggest if people are out there listening and and you haven't watched it, definitely give it a watch. I, I think the effects stand up really really well i don't think you can improve on this you know they're remaking loads of different things aren't they this this shouldn't be one this shouldn't be touched this one so it's a pleasant bill for me and a, a really strong one at that excellent Inter- film interesting dave and what i want to know what other people think as well because i know yeah we've got some proper horror fans out there who's going to rip me a new one which is fine i accept that <laughs> I think there'll be two camps, as always. You know, there'll be people who won't enjoy it as well. But for me, this is a classic. Dave, 92% of Rotten Tomatoes, to be fair. And the user ratings were like 8.4. So that's even better. Oh, wow. So it's it's highly regarded. So you might be right. If you're into that sort of genre, I presume it's one of your classics. Obviously, it's obviously up there with my classics, like Those You Know Surrender 3... <laughs> What was uh, that? Manhattan the, Chase. Manhattan Chase, <laughs> King of the Kickboxers. You know what I mean? <laughs> legendary movies, legendary movies. But anyway, Dave, I'm going to let you introduce this one because this is all to do with a crossover episode with your amazing podcast with Mr. Max Byrne and Tony Farina. It is. So Max and Tony and I, so we'll pick a, an album. So... It is Mandatory Music and CD, a little bit of a play on the a show that Max had with Mandatory Marvel and DC. So um, basically, we've been going through, we've done a, about four or five episodes so far, and we picked albums from bands. But when we started talking about doing a soundtrack, you know, we could potentially do a crossover Max and Tony were straight there, Lost Boys, straight away. So, I mean, I, I hadn't watched it for ages, but, you know, they, they were obviously very, very passionate about it. So, Chris, let's listen to the trailer. 
Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. So I think this is the days when uh, you give away the whole story in the <laughs> in the trailer. <laughs> You know what, Dave? I didn't watch this movie for years, and I was like, you know, you know, I'm like my horror movies. I'm proper like, no, no, I'm not watching, watching it. And I remember watching this around about ninety eight, ninety, maybe with Sam. We probably watched, probably made me watch his. And I tell you what, I absolutely love the Lost Boys, and I've only mm. seen it twice before. After this, I've seen it what the first time, obviously 10, 12 years later, whatever it was when it was released, and then I think I watched it about. 10 years ago, but I'm looking forward to this because it's one of them movies that I, I really shouldn't like because of my, you know, growing fear of horror movies. But when I watched it, I loved it. And I think Kiefer Sutherland's fucking excellent as the baddie in it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched it on video, so it must've been around 88 or something like that. So I, I really enjoyed it at the time. Again, I was not a fan of horror at all, but this is not quite horror, is it? And it, It'd be interesting to look a little bit around the other movies that were around that time. Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, I'm not saying you could draw a straight line to things like Twilight. (laughs) But I think it's definitely different to the vampire movies like when we were growing up. You know, before that, you know, you had the old Hammer Horrors and stuff like that, didn't you? So very, very different to that. So I haven't watched this for years, so I don't really know what to expect, but I'm really looking forward to it. Well, Jason Patrick, legend Dave, not only did he star in The Losers, he also starred in Speed 2. What a film, Dave. So, oh, you know, nice. <laughs> on a yacht. <laughs> Amazing movie. He was more wooden than Keanu Reeves. So, interesting. <laughs> but he is good in this. I know he's, in, he's good in this one, to be fair. No, no, that's very good, mate. So, Dave, thank you, everyone, as always, for tuning in. Thank you for all your support over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on social media at VHS Strikes Back. So today's roll call of honour is Trent, Dan, Justin, Susan, Timothy, Alec, Paul, Matt, Heath, Dylan, Kent, Lucky Luna Green, Herb, Jax, Maths, Blake, John Hammond and Mr. Tony Farina. So thank you so much, guys, for all your support. We really, really appreciate it. You've got us so good here. Everyone past and present who supported us on Patreon, it's really, really good stuff. And uh, also, Dave, we've not been requested for any sort of surf lessons or karate lessons this week. I have checked the email. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, 
Now, Chris, one of the iconic lines that I think came out was when uh, we talked about Seth and he was having a little bit sexy time, which, uh, you know, made an impression on the young Dave, I can tell you. But um, Seth says, when she's running away and she says she's going to be afraid, he says, don't be afraid. And Veronica comes in and says, no, be afraid. Be very afraid. Such a great line. Such a great line, Chris. Brilliant. And with that, thank you very much. I appreciate you entertaining me and <laughs> watching and sitting through this one this week. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. As always, supporting us. It's absolutely fantastic. And we'll speak to you next time. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid. Yeah, maybe you're crazy. Ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid.